0: Good evening, and welcome to tonight's broadcast. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and you are listening to Corbett Report Radio here on RepublicBroadcasting.org. So, once again, thank you for tuning in for tonight's edition of the broadcast. And as it is Thursday night, we will have James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com on the second half of tonight's program, as usual. But in the first half of the program, it is my unfortunate duty to be the bearer of not glad tidings, but really quite chilling news. I wish I could bear some some good news for you tonight, but unfortunately, uh, some stories have really come across uh, the wires uh, today that, that collectively have sent a shiver down my spine, because I see it adding up to one very dark, ominous picture. So I'm here to help paint that picture for you so that we can better understand what it is we're facing and thus have a better grasp on how to get out of this situation. But let's start with a very interesting article from Reuters that came out earlier today. Asian shares fall after data, ECB disappoint. And You know, it's getting pretty bleak economically when even the controlled corporate media is not really even bothering to hide things between the lines anymore. It starts off by saying, quote, Asian shares fell for a second successive day on Friday as another batch of lackluster U.S. data stoked economies that the recovery in the world's biggest economy is faltering. Now, of course, we all know that that is total and utter whitewash that the recovery that they're talking about isn't a recovery at all, that in fact, the U.S. has been in a depression for the last three years at the very least. And uh, and unfortunately, there seems to be absolutely no signs of this abating, as they are admitting uh, the article goes on to talk about the ECB, the European Central Bank chief, Mario Draghi, the uh, Bilderberg member and uh, basically a globalist insider extraordinaire saying that, don't worry, Europe's okay, uh, it's just a bump in the road, we're, we're, we're going to get over this, the euro's uh, not going to falter. Uh, no one's really buying it, um, but uh, people are now beginning to speculate that there might be some easing, some quote-unquote easing coming into the markets from the ecb that they're just going to throw money at the problem so everyone's breathing a sigh of relief in the markets which are of course just propped up by phony funny money paper that they print out of nothing so people are always relieved to see that the ecb is going to step in with their quote-unquote easing but uh, anyone who understands what's going on realizes that that's no solace at all and then it goes on to talk about a rather dismal day in the asian markets including here in japan and then it goes on to talk about the U.S. and uh, some of the dismal data that's coming out of there. And it goes on to talk about this. Uh, what an interesting quote here we have. It says, uh, we've gone back to the situation where when, where when the we, let me start over. Sorry. We've gone back to the situation where when the weaker data, data comes out, we start to price in more chance of QE3 and therefore the dollar goes weaker, said Rob Ryan, FX strategist at BNP Paribas in S- Singapore. Referring to the possibility of the Federal Reserve launching another bond buying program. Well, for those of you keeping track at home, of course, uh, the, the operation twist that the Fed, Fed pulled out of their derriere recently was really QE3 in just a uh, different guise. So we're really pretty much going on for QE4, which is pretty much inevitable in the way the system, the way that it's been engineered, as uh, Bob Chapman has been pointing out on corporatereport.com for many, many months and many months now. And uh, it's just a question of how much they're willing to inflate. And don't worry, they have Paul Krugman and others coming out to tell you how great it is to inflate the money down to nothing so that all of your savings and life investments get frittered away uh, paying for these phony debts brokered by the banksters. But wait, there's more. As we've been talking about, this economic collapse begins to feed into the general societal collapse that we've been seeing for so long and the encroaching police state. And unfortunately, I'm here to tell you tonight about a very, very, very worrying document that has just been released from the Department of Defense showing, really, some dark actors planning some dark games with the United States as the inevitability of internment camps for U.S. citizens in the United States becomes more and more inevitable. On that dark note, we'll take a short break and have more with you here on Corporate Report Radio right after this. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, your host for the next hour. So thank you once again for joining us for tonight's program. And for any of you out there who would like to get in on tonight's program, the phone lines are wide open on any topic that's on your mind, 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. Get in in the first half of the program, because in the second half, we will be talking to James Evan Pulato, and uh, we will be going over the food world order. On that note, we will uh, continue painting uh, the very bleak picture and playing the rather sad game of Connect the Dots that we are playing here with these pieces of the puzzle that do add up to something quite ominous, as I was saying before the break. And we were talking about the economic collapse, which again appears to be proceeding apace as we edge closer and closer to that economic abyss where the money supply is really inflated away into toilet paper. And as myself, I have been documenting for the last five years at Corbett Report, and many, many others have been documenting painstakingly for decades, at the very least, this economic collapse and the growing police state that we see encroaching more and more on our daily everyday lives and on our daily activities with such constitution-destroying pieces of legislation as the Patriot Act and the NDAA and the John Warner Defense Authorization Act and all of the other pieces of tyranny that they've tried to pass in the past several years and in many cases succeeded in doing is part of an orchestrated event to really ultimately plunge the world into a very dark age of global tyranny. Once again, this is something we've been painstakingly documenting at the Corbett Report for at least the last five years, so I hope people will Look into those claims if you find them to be startling, because there's a lot to go into. But another piece of that puzzle has just emerged on a site called publicintelligence.net. And for those of you out there who have not seen this website yet, I suggest you go there and take a look. It's got some very fascinating documents there. So on that note, there's a document that was just released on publicintelligence.net the other day on the 2nd of May 2012, And if you have a pen and paper, you can write it down. It's FM3-39.40. That's FM3-39.40. It's called Internment and Resettlement Operations. It's from the headquarters of the Department of the Army. It has just been leaked online. It's actually from February of 2010, and it has just been put out online. So it is now available for download, and who knows how long it will be available for download. So I hope people will follow the link from the show notes of tonight's show at corporatereport.com slash radio, where it will be posted shortly after tonight's broadcast airs. And I hope you will take a look at this, because it is quite startling and quite horrific in its ramifications, I think you'll agree. Reading a bit from this this page on public intelligence, announcing the document and what it is, it says... Quote, I.R. operations facilitate the ability to conduct rapid and decisive combat operations, deter, mitigate, and defeat threats to populations that may result in conflict, reverse conditions of human suffering, and build the capacity of a foreign government to effectively care for and govern its population. This includes capabilities to conduct shaping operations across the spectrum of military operations to mitigate and defeat the underlying conditions for conflict and counter the core motivations that result in support to criminal, terrorist, insurgent, and other destabilizing groups. IR operations also include the daily incarceration of U.S. military prisoners at facilities throughout the world. And we'll stop the quote there. You can go on this uh, quite detailed description of what these IR, once again, that's internment and resettlement operations, really are, and as they are conducted by the Department of the Army, the U.S. military. And it seems from a, an introduction like that, from the document itself, that this is really about uh, aiming at those, those dastardly criminals, terrorists, and insurgents, the military prisoners that the U.S. military is keeping at its facilities throughout the world. So this doesn't really apply to Americans. It's not something that American citizens have to be concerned about, Right. Well, unfortunately, very wrong. As numerous parts of this document go on to elaborate, this is very much directed at U.S. citizens as much as, if not more than, anyone else in the world. And that's confirmed at several points here in the document. I'll just highlight a few of the points that I think are particularly frightening, really. Let's not beat around the bush. It is quite frightening. There's a section called Psychological Operations Officer, talking about the PSYOP officer that's assigned to this IR operations, the internment and resettlement operations, that is in charge of directing the psychological operations that are aimed at the people who resist this internment and resettlement, which, once again, is directed at U.S. citizens during times of quote-unquote emergency. And let's keep in mind that Bush declared a national emergency on 9-11 that has been renewed by by Bush and then Obama, every single year since then. So it is still, quote-unquote, a state of emergency, which theoretically gives the commander-in-chief, the puppeteer-in-chief himself, Obama, the ability to declare any U.S. citizen a military in, uh, prisoner, an insurgent, and to take them into incarceration, exactly as outlined in the NDAA. So this is not theoretical, folks. This is something that is more and more a distinct possibility for the very near future. Getting back to this document and the PSYOPs officer that's assigned to the IR facilities, it says, quote, The PSYOP team also supports the military police custodial mission in the IR facility. The team develops PSYOP products that are designed to pacify and acclimate detainees or DCs to accept U.S. IR facility authority and regulations and it goes on and also says that the psyops team identifies political activists so there you go black and white the u.s. department of the army admitting that they are identifying political activists to uh, employ psychological operations on to soften them up so that they will accept being placed into internment and resettlement uh, facilities throughout the world quote-unquote although we know that they are also in the united states of america or what used to be the United States of America, and it's really now the uh, the bankster-controlled states of America, if they haven't always been that way. Um, some of the other really disturbing details to emerge from this document include a section on detainee processing techniques, talking about what they'll do to the detainees once they're uh, put in this IR system, the internment and resettlement system, and uh, in ...including such things as searching and uh, segregating and safeguarding the detainees, etc. But under a particularly disturbing heading of silence, it says, "Quote: "...prevent detainees from communicating with one another or making audible clamor, such as chanting, singing, or praying. Silence uncooperative detainees by muffling them with a soft, clean cloth tied around their mouths and fastened at the back of their heads. Do not use duct tapes or other adhesives." a cloth of either or either objects inside the mouth or apply physical force to silence detainees. Talking in quite graphic detail about the ways that they're going to silence the people who are put into these camps. And once again, to put this in some historical perspective, I'm glad to see that the one and only commenter on this post on publicintelligence.net is our old friend Madison Rupert of EndTheLie.com who posts a link to his 2011 article on EndTheLie.com called SMILE. You are a civilian internee, which actually gives quite a bit of the detail and background of this that I think is important. So let's read some of this. It says, quote, as every day passes, it becomes clearer that our once free nation is quickly turning down the path of a totalitarian police state, as embodied by the passage of S. 1867 in the Senate and H.R. 1540 in the House. Once again, that became, of course, the NDAA. This being written before the NDAA was passed and signed into law by the puppeteer in chief. With the knowledge that KBR is developing a so-called National Quick Response Team to man the detention centers popularly referred to as FEMA camps on 72 hours' notice, the picture only gets more grim. This trend is also reflected in the recent United States Army job posting for internment resettlement specialists. While this might sound tame and harmless to some, upon reading the job description, a troubling picture emerges the internal internment resettlement specialist or ir specialist for short is not only tasked with handling the custody the custody and control of individuals designated as enemy prisoner of war epw but also of so-called civilian internees cis this is a classic example of orwellian language you're not an american citizen being indefinitely imprisoned by the military in a military prison Instead, you are a civilian internee in a civilian internee camp. In this article, you will learn exactly what a civilian internee is, what few rights are afforded to them, and just how oppressed a civilian internee actually is, according to the military's own documents on the subject. We will delve into great detail, showing the exact language and ways that civilian internees are controlled and prevented from making any real contact with the outside world or being able to seek out justice. I don't think that anyone is blind enough to find the title of civilian internee reassuring, especially considering the fact that the civilian internee is the exact designation assigned to the Japanese-Americans who were locked up during World War II. These innocent Americans were put in so-called internment camps, which bore a striking resemblance to the concentration camps of Nazi-era Germany for committing no other crime than being of a certain ancestral origin. If our government would lock up hard-working, patriotic Americans simply for being of Japanese descent, it is not a leap to think they would do the same for the political opposition. Civilian internee is actually a specific status of prisoner under the Geneva Conventions, which is supposed to designate civilians who are detained during wartime, supposedly for security reasons. However, as we all know, the Japanese people being locked up were no security threat at all, In fact, despite the grand betrayal embodied by the internment of innocent American citizens, many Americans of Japanese descent actually went and fought for the United States in World War II. The 442nd Regimental Combat Team of the U.S. Army was a prime example of this, as it was a unit composed entirely of Japanese American soldiers. We'll pause for a moment in this article once again called Smile, You Are a Civilian Internee by Madison Rupert of EndTheLie.com as we document the grim coming reality of internment and resettlement camps in the United States of America. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back with a lot more right after this. Radio. I'm your host James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight we're going out over a very disturbing new document that has just been released on PublicIntelligence.net, talking about the internment and resettlement camps that are being staffed and uh, and basically brought into shape by uh, the the Department of the Army. This is a newly leaked. February 2010 document. Once again, the link to the document will be available on CorbettReport.com radio shortly after tonight's broadcast airs. But let's go to your calls. We have a caller on the line. We have Brock in Australia. Brock, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for calling in.
1: Hi, James. Good to speak with you again. I wish it was under uh, more positive uh, circumstances.
0: Well, the circumstances are what we make of them, ultimately, but uh, I think we have to at least be aware of what's going on. Go ahead, Brock.
1: I'm sorry, mate. you're breaking up. I don't know if you can still hear me. I can't really hear you, unfortunately.
0: I see, okay. Well, perhaps you can call back in and we'll try to reconnect and see if we can get a better uh, connection going. But while we're waiting for that, um, let's, let's continue back with this Madison Rupert article that we're reading from. Once again, it's called Smile, You Are Civilian Internee. He goes over some of the history of the internment camps in America, including the internment of the Japanese Americans during World War II. And he's talking specifically in the context of this 2011 article about a then-developing news story that KBR, the Halliburton subsidiary, was starting a, quote-unquote, national quick response team to man the FEMA camps, the internment and resettlement camps that uh, they're talking about. So these, quote-unquote, IR specialists that they were looking at Uh, Had some various uh, job description details that uh, they were listing, including, quote, under advanced responsibilities, the IR specialist may be involved in providing command and control, staff planning, administration slash logistical services, and custody control for the operation of an enemy prisoner of war slash civilian internee. And this document goes on, this article from Madison Rupert goes on to talk in some length and in some degree of detail about this civilian internee concept and the entire FEMA camp concept in the United States, and including quoting documents from the U.S. Department of uh, the Army itself, uh, Army regulations and other such things. Uh, again, a very well-researched, very in-depth article, so I hope people will uh, take a look at that on endthelie.com and, of course, all of Madison Rupert's other great work, uh, on a daily basis there at endly.com, But I suppose, as I said there to Brock, if there's anything positive that can come of this, and uh, I'm not sure there is uh, necessarily that, that that will come of this particular piece of news, but if there's anything positive that we can make of this, it is the fact that at least we do have this newly released document and once again that's why it's important that when this this type of document emerges people download it to their hard drives so that it can't just be scrubbed from the web and put down the orwellian memory hole and uh, that's why it's important that people are checking sites like PublicIntelligence.net, which does post these types of documents on a regular basis and i will admit my own mea culpa here i myself I'm aware of this website, and I've I've come to it time and again for various different documents that are of interest, but I have not yet uh, made it part of my daily routine to check through publicintelligence.net and find the latest leaked documents and other things that they're highlighting there. So as a result of this very story, I have now added a live bookmark to the RSS feed for publicintelligence.net right here in my browser, my Firefox browser, so let this uh, be an object lesson of sorts for the people in the audience out there who uh, who don't who don't think about this. I think it's important for us to really really think about what we're uh, the, the ways that we're consuming the media out there, what kind of media we're consuming, how we're doing it. So for myself personally, I use the live bookmarks feeds in uh, in my Firefox browser, which basically means that I go to a website that I like, for example, Involi or Public Intelligence. I find the RSS feeds. I click on subscribe, and there's a—at least in my version of Firefox—it comes up with a an option to subscribe using "quote unquote" live bookmarks. So that's the uh, the little part underneath the the search address or the the HTTP address that you have up there in the top of the browser. There's a little uh, bar where you have all of your different websites and all of the feeds. So. For example, I keep an eye on the BBC because why not? It's good to know the propaganda that's out there. I have strat risks, uh, blacklisted news, uh, what's up with that, end the lie, E&E news, public intelligence, so that I can quickly scan through the headlines on a daily basis. And now that I have public intelligence in there, I can see what documents are coming out. And I just learned, for example, that the Canadian military is now demanding removal of a counterinsurgency manual that was posted to publicintelligence.net. So I followed the link there, and I followed that back to the counterinsurgency manual itself and downloaded a copy because it's still up there. So it is something that we can all take advantage of, these types of uh, very important uh, documents and things that are being released by sites like public intelligence. Another good one that I would recommend for people is Cryptome, cryptome.org by John, John Young, who I interviewed on the program a couple of years ago. I suggest people check out that interview. Fascinating conversation and a fascinating website with tons and tons of material like this. Documents and other things that have been suppressed and, uh, and that people are trying to leak out in one way or another. And unlike WikiLeaks, which, uh, just basically everything goes into a black hole and who knows where or when or how it's going to come out and usually in partnership with the New York Times or the London Guardian or other such. Pieces of uh, mainstream media trash. Um, sites like Cryptome will post everything that's received, and of course the uh, the caveat there is that it hasn't all been vetted and hasn't all been, you know, poured over by teams of people to to try to highlight what's important for you to take a look at and what isn't and what's reliable and what isn't. It's up to you to make that choice for yourself. But I much prefer that method than uh, than a method like WikiLeaks where they decide what you should or should not be looking at. At any rate, once again publicintelligence.net, a good source for this newly released document and many others. We'll be right back with more after this.
1: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
0: Broadcast, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight is Thursday night. So, of course, as always, we will turn to the second half of the broadcast with our good friend, James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com for all the latest stories from the world of food, health, and the environment. So, James Evan Pilato, thank you once again for your time.
1: And I, I appreciate it. And, I, of course, I always have a couple things to add on to, you know, the stories that you discussed in the, in the first half. And talking about saving things, I always, yeah, I, I pretty much obsessively burn off copy and archive. I try and do, you know, everything I post to or link to, I try and just save the, you know, the web-only HTML file. And as long as you were talking about Firefox add-ons, my favorite one, as long as we're we 're talking at download helper, will let you essentially pull down almost any embedded video file, which for the kind of live show that I do it 's indispensable, so i 'm able to get those videos and then pull the audio off of them and then edit them and and, and use them in the show. So that's that's one I'll, I'll throw out to people.
0: Absolutely right. I, I use Download Helper myself. I do recommend it to people. There's a lot of other little things and tricks and tips I'm sure we could give people. Perhaps we should do a cyberspace War episode of uh, this uh, broadcast sometime where we actually go over some of our favorite little tips and tricks for people out there. It's, but uh, I, mean, I have that, a lot on our that, plate yeah. for the
1: Food World Order tonight, so perhaps we yeah. should get into that. So perhaps an easy way to transition from the police state updates. We'll take it from Natural News. Feds hit family farms with labor laws for the children. New labor laws being proposed by the U.S. Department of Labor would prohibit children from performing many of the routine farm chores they have been involved with for centuries, which some see as a direct attack on small-scale agriculture. The Daily com reports that the Department of Labor, under the guidance of the Obama administration, is proposing that child labor laws be modified to prohibit children under the age of 16 from working with animals, for instance, or being allowed to work with food storage bins. The proposal also seeks to prohibit children from, quote, being employed in the storing, marketing, and transporting of farm product raw materials, end quote, which essentially makes it a crime for farm hands to touch produce once it's been picked. Working hand-in-hand with our good friends at Monsanto and the big pharma drug companies to create a total monopoly on food and health, the federal government is working feverishly to remove Americans from their own land and create a culture complete ignorance about food, nutrition, and agriculture. The in-game goal is to separate Americans from their land, from their animals, and ultimately from each other. James, there are two good updates to this from Natural News and from my own Twitter feed at Media Monarchy. Obama withdraws farm child labor proposal after wave of internet outrage. Obama gives up fight to restrict child labor on non-family farms. James,
0: well, the key there is that more men in funny hats and shiny badges can pretend to presume to have the right to tell people what they can and can't do uh, on with their own children on their own farms. That uh, that has been go- ongoing since basically the dawn of farming itself to have children involved in. Hoping to, uh, to pick the, uh, the vegetables and to, to basically run the farm. I mean, it's, it's a centuries, centuries old tradition to say the very least. So they can presume to say whatever they want to say about uh, regulating things like that. But ultimately, once again, it shows when the people speak out, they can't, they can't go ahead. So it's important for us to
1: stand up and speak out. And I, I feel like we've said uh, several times that it, it seems like it's all on the food front that people have actually made big changes because once, you know, BPA was, you know, the word was out about that, the outcry, and, and you know, it, it changed the market. Same with high fructose corn syrup and all of those things. So, again, you know, never underestimate, you know, the going at it the right way. I, I think we probably referenced it yesterday in some way on New World Next Week. Throwing a rock through your neighborhood window isn't going to do anything but letting people know about the information telling them who's doing it and giving them an avenue to be able to combat it such as the the Bank of America you know debit card fees when people mobilized against that they backtracked in a heartbeat if you can hit them in their wallet that's that's when they'll make the cuts i not have said it better myself and that's what we're doing so yeah absolutely let's press ahead we uh, always talk about food stamps seemingly every week just a, a brief note food stamps in the crosshairs of the GOP's plan to save the military we of course will cut everything we can to just you know keep the war machine going james right
0: oh absolutely let's bend over backwards for the military and, and make sure everyone else pays the price
1: really interesting one and and this will be the the longest bit that I'll that I'll read for you James. It comes from the Atlantic and and again a huge thanks to my man Adam in Nova Scotia for helping post so much great information to Food World Order How vegetable oils replaced animal fats in the American diet and you'll recognize some some classic characters within this story. The byproducts of pork production meant that the burgeoning metropolis of Cincinnati, was also home to many tanneries, bootmakers, and upholsters. Animal fats were hot commodities as they were rendered and molded into soap and candles. Breaking down pigs was a highly efficient process known as the disassembly line, an idea that would later be reverse-engineered by Henry Ford to produce automobiles. A major economic depression in the 1870s caused two important citizens of Porkopolis to join forces in order to cut costs and survive the bear market. They formed a company that would eventually be responsible for the greatest dietary shift in our country's history. William Proctor brought his candle-making business to the States after a fire destroyed his business in England. James Gamble fled Ireland during the Great Potato Famine and became a soap manufacturer. In a twist of fate, the two men happened to marry sisters in Cincinnati. Together, the brothers-in-law formed Proctor and Gamble, a soap and candle manufacturing operation. So, at the time, soap was sold in huge wheels that were sliced into custom-sized portions at general stores. Procter & Gamble decided to take a chance by mass-producing individually wrapped bars of soap. To pull this off, the brother-in-laws needed to drastically reduce the price of their raw ingredients, which meant finding a replacement for expensive animal fats. Thanks to Procter & Gamble, the United States boosted the production of a waste product of cotton farming, cottonseed oil. To ensure a steady, cheap supply for soap production, the company formed a subsidiary in 1902 called Buckeye Cotton Oil Company. An issue of popular science from the era sums up the evolution of cottonseed nicely. Quote, what was garbage in 1860 was fertilizer in 1870, cattle feed in 1880, and table food and many things else in 1890. But it entered our food supply slowly. It wasn't until a new food processing invention of hydrogenation that cottonseed oil found its way into the kitchens of America's restaurants and homes. In closing, the company's scientists produced a new creamy, pearly white substance out of cottonseed oil. It looked a lot like the most popular cooking fat of the day, lard. Before long, Procter and Gamble sold this new substance, known today as hydrogenated vegetable oil, hydrogenated vegetable oil to home cooks as a replacement for animal fats. Procter & Gamble filed a patent application for the new creation in 1910 describing it as a food product consisting of a vegetable oil, preferably cottonseed oil, partially hydrogenated and hardened to a homogenous white or yellowish semi-solid closely resembling lard. The special object of the invention is to provide a new food product for a shortening in cooking. In cooking, they came up with the name Crisco, which they thought conjured up crispness, freshness, and cleanliness. Now, James, we've talked about our buddies, Procter and Gamble, in the past, haven't we? Uh, We
0: certainly have, and we've talked about, uh, was it Charles Gamble, was the recipient of uh, Margaret Sanger's Negro Project letters, the infamous uh, correspondent there. But Mm -hmm. absolutely, and it's interesting uh, that they think that Crisco conjures up Christmas freshness and cleanliness. For me, it conjures up uh, many other things, uh, mostly what I ate for breakfast and Not that I eat Crisco for breakfast. I mean, I'm making a vomit joke. But anyway, absolutely, just uh, quite a a horrific piece of history that, that again, goes to show that when we don't know the history of these various items that we use in our kitchen on a daily basis, we don't understand that, oh, wait, this isn't natural. This isn't the way it's always been done. This is something that was consciously put into our society, manufactured into our society for the benefit of a few uh, businessmen.
1: It's, it really is when you, when you get into the, into the backgrounds. And that's again what I love having, you know, the folks that help out on Media Monarchy are able to kind of take that extra time and, and be able to dig into the past and, and find those stories that, that hopefully shed light on the present. So we'll take it from com, Bioeconomy, Blueprint or Biotechnology Boost. Last week, the White House released its National Bioeconomy Blueprint with the PDF link for you. Which quote, outlines steps that agencies will take to drive the bioeconomy, that is economic activity powered by research and innovation in the biosciences, and details ongoing efforts across the federal government to realize this goal. Unfortunately, this new bioeconomy is not as green as the Obama administration's making it out to be. The so-called bioeconomy is dependent primarily on the risky, unregulated field of synthetic biology and the use of unsustainably produced biomass to feed synthetic organisms created by these technologies. The National Bioeconomy Blueprint, while offering little in new substantive policy, causes more harm than good by giving green light to the growth and profit of the synthetic biology industry without making any real effort to protect people and the environment from the novel risks posed by this emerging technology. There is a ton of other PDFs for you to read, Synthetic Biology 101.0. That again, James. I find so many things you know that that we do and that we cover is you know educational for myself.
0: Indeed. Well, it's sad that my only comment on that is to say, well, what else is new?
1: The scariest story I think on Food World Order this week, in a way, the most, as you said at the top of the show, the, the things that send a chill down your spine, and I. Post a lot of videos. There's a daily video from a site called GrassCheckTV.com. Dentists put terrified kids in straitjackets and performed unnecessary root canals. Texas toddlers being held in restraints as dentists at corporate-run clinics performed unnecessary root canals were among the dental horror stories told April 11th at a House Public Health Committee hearing at the state capitol. The Texas State Board of Dental Examiners, which regulates dental licensing in Texas, was the subject of criticism by members of Texans for dental reform and unaffiliated residents who called for legislative reform while levying accusations of ineptitude, a pattern of withholding or obscuring negative information about dentists, and failure to act against corporate-run dental clinics committing Medicaid fraud and harming patients. They have a video of this device and and how to use it. It's called a Papoose board. And it basically is strapping your kid down to a board. And it looks like something out of... What's the uh, Sean Penn film where he gets executed at the end? Dead Man Walking? Dead Man Walking. It's that kind of Jesus Christ-looking pose. Horrific. Absolutely horrific. So... (laughs) <laughs> James, I think we've we've joked about this before, that the way the stories come together, in a lot of ways, yeah, I, I plan and put stories in certain orders to, to make them flow and to make, make it all kind of make sense. But then other times, you know, you're in the middle of doing a show and you're like, how did this, this all just kind of comes together. I didn't mean to put these two stories one after the other, but EPA official who compared enforcement to crucifixion resigns. A senior EPA official resigned last Sunday in an effort to end the Fuhrer over his remarks two years ago that the EPA should make examples of polluters the way Romans crucified people to quash rebellions. I Absolutely like eerie how that does come together. And
0: uh, people will, will get a better sense of that when they actually go to the page and take a look at the pictures. But, yeah, maybe I guess he shouldn't have called it crucifixion. Perhaps he should have called it, you know, safely safe immobilization device or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> James, our our last standalone story goes back to Canada. Federal government is weak minded on the CETA deal. That's the Comprehensive Economic and Trade Agreement deal. There's a lot of information in there, but I could not work it all out for you right now, but needless to say there are again, a ton of PDF links because the devil is in the details, and there's more from tradejustice.ca. But briefly, the National Farmers Union wonders whether the federal ministers and parliamentary secretaries promoting the Comprehensive Economic and Trade Agreement across Canada have actually read the text of the agreement, or did they simply memorize pre-digested talking points? It gets into agriculture, food, and farmers. And James... I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this is all about harmonizing goals between nations and it's all, it's just, it's just about trade, right? Where it's just jelly bean sizes, is that what they say? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that was the infamous quote
0: of uh, Stephen Harper, our our wonderful Prime Minister in Canada, when they were talking about uh, the conspiracy theorists who think that uh, the SVP is about making highways to, to Texas or to, to the moon, as he liked to joke. No, we're just Counting jelly beans, there's nothing to see here. Exactly. Harmonization, emphasis on harm.
1: We'll move as we're blasting through all the stories, James, And in a lot of ways, I hope. You know, I hope what I do doesn't do a disservice to the information and not giving it enough time, but, I, again, I don't, I don't know if there is enough time anymore. All you got to do is look at the news and realize, oh, well, maybe there's not a whole lot of time. So... The bigger-than-usual binge and purge on Food World Order, which is at the top of the page right now, it's basically the big data dump of information collected by myself and also Adam helping out. So it gets larger and larger and larger, and just you know, take the time, take a few minutes, scroll down the list, hover over each link, and you'll kind of see it. And as you go down the list, again, I, I think it kind of paints a story. So, but... For time's sake, I've, I've pulled just a handful of what I think are some of the most important bits in this binge and purge that's called Kashi, Monster, Windsor Hum, and more. There's a great, fantastic new chart of the ten companies that control the enormous number of consumer brands. It's a huge graphic, and the main big boys in the middle, of course, are Kraft and Coke and Pepsi and Nestle and Procter and & Gamble and Johnson and & Johnson and more. So it contains all those kind of mainline products, but it also gets into a lot of the fake, you know, uh, alternative products that I see on my shelf at the grocery store I work at. So Kashi, it all kind of sparked from a, a blog called The Green Grocer, an independent natural retailer. It's a story and a, and a website. In Portsmouth, Rhode Island, unexpectedly created a swirl of anti-GMO activity on the Internet this week, most of it targeted directly at Kellogg's-owned Kashi Company. It's come out that their soy is 100% GMO, and it started a huge firestorm. And that's, again, the way that things are going to change is when people stop buying the products and the companies get hit in the wallet and we just don't buy it or, you know, like lisa simpson says in the you know that halloween episode you know just don't look the advertising and all this garbage will all crumble under its own weight
0: (sighs) absolutely and and for people who haven't seen that that map that you're talking about the corporate food map there absolutely yeah well done very incredible i've already saved it to my hard drive i hope other people will do so uh likewise on that note let's take a short break we'll be right back with james embalato of foodworldorder.com right after this
1: Chance James takes. Odds are you want to live to see tomorrow.
0: Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio, friends. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. We have some somber music for what has been unfortunately a somber series of uh, stories tonight on a lot of different fronts, including the food, health, environment fronts with uh, food world, FoodWorldOrder.com and James Evan Pilato. But James, I understand you have a uh, more of a positive note to leave us on tonight.
1: On, on a positive note. And again, I think we try and follow up on, if not the exact stories, then just some of the themes that we hit on previous episodes. Albuquerque, New Mexico, the 32nd largest city in in America, ends water fluoridation. A major health victory achieved in New Mexico where officials in the state's largest city, Albuquerque, have made the historic decision to stop artificially fluoridating the municipal water supply. More on that from naturalnews.com. So, see, again, we, we can make some, you know, victories. We can and we do,
0: and it's important to understand that and to really take that to heart, because if we lose sight of that, we lose sight of the only thing that matters, which is what we can actually affect in this world. But on that note, <laughs> let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, we have some programming announcements for the next uh, few weeks. So first off, let's tell people about next week's uh, Food World o- uh, Food World Order uh, here on Corporate Report Radio.
1: Well... Next next week, there, there no food next week, right? There
0: will be no food next week. Yes, that's right, friends. Uh, James M. Pilato will be taking the week off the Food World Order broadcast, so he will not be here next Thursday night. Instead, we have a different guest lined up for th- next Thursday night here on the broadcast. But New World Next Week will
1: be taking place, as usual, next week, right? Absolutely. So <laughs> <laughs> it will all shake out. And, of course, everybody, you know, if – stay subscribed to the feeds, you know. You, you You'll get, get it, it when it comes out, exactly. So we'll do but, New World next week. We won't
0: do Food World Order, but... James? But, uh, on that note, as people who saw the most recent New World next week will know, I announced that I'll be on some vacation later on this month. So starting around the middle of the month and until the end of the month, I'm going to be out of town, out of the country, actually. I'm going to be taking a holiday with my wife. And that means that uh, there will be no... Corbett Report uh, podcasts or videos coming out during that time, but there still will be Corbett Report radio here on Republic Broadcasting. Rather than playing rebroadcasts for you for three weeks, which I think would get a little bit repetitive, I've, uh, I've lined up some guest hosts who will be hosting uh, different nights of the week. So on Thursday nights for the three weeks at the end of May, it's going to be James Evan Pilato hosting the entire show, and he's going to be taking the reins from me, so uh, I couldn't have left it in better hands, I think. On Monday nights, it's going to be uh, Stefan Molyneux of Freedom in Radio is going to be stepping in. Tuesday nights, it's going to be John Rappaport. On Wednesday nights, we're going to have the OKC crew, the um, uh, James uh, Lane and Holland Van Neuenhoff from uh, the producers and, uh, and directors of A Noble Lie, Thursday nights, James Evan Pilato, foodworldorder.com, mediamonarchy.com, etc. And on Friday nights, it'll be Richard Andrew Grove of tragedyandhope.com. So quite a good lineup of, uh, hosts there. I think a lot of different people. So once again, for the final three weeks of May, uh, that's going to be the, the lineup for the broadcast.
1: I hope to, you know, and, and I, I so appreciate the opportunity and, and to be surrounded by all the other fantastic, you know, hosts is, is great company. I hope to be able to have a live interview guest on at least one of those shows concerning Nestle, one of the massive food corporations. They're trying to bottle our Oregon water. They're trying to get the rights. So we're going to have to fight that. So look for that and and so much more on, on those episodes, James absolutely well i'm looking forward to it so thank you so
0: much for doing that i I truly appreciate it so i hope uh, everyone will be tuning in for those nights and all of the other guest hosts we will be having later in the month but uh, next week i'll still be here on the broadcast we'll be talking some more and uh and uh, and on a side note anyone who wants to get in any dvd orders uh, please do so in the next week because i'll be taking a few weeks off and won't be able to fulfill any orders that come in during my holidays on that note james evan Pilato, always a blast thanks so much for your time thank you man And thank you to all of you out there for listening. Once again, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and I am so thankful for you all out there, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again in 23 hours. So until then, thanks for listening and take care.